From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we do things a little different. We are going to dedicate the entire show to the Browns in the NFL because the 2022 season is only days away. Also, we are closing out our second season of this show. So, to celebrate both of these occasions, we are going to run through the only 40s any of us can finish in a reasonable time. I am joined tonight by three of the best ever. My co-host Phil Denko is here. The often employed Chuck Rambaldo is here. And he loves it when you call him Big Papa. Matt Miller makes a triumphant return to the show. Boys, how are we doing? What are we drinking? I'm doing uh, really well. And I'm, I'm, that's partly because I'm already halfway through my... Uh... 42 ounces of steel reserve which is a high gravity lager i don't know what that means but it, it's it's working pace yourself denko chucky how we doing i'm doing great i'm drinking the original old english 800 which is also high gravity oh, and nice. i still don't know what that, that means yeah. either but i'm assuming me and phil are pretty much drinking the same thing with just a different label yeah, on that's it. right that's right came from the same vat <laughs> Miller, welcome back to the show. What do you got going tonight, bud? Much like my balls, I'm drinking low gravity, but this is high life <laughs> in honor of Steve Winwood. And I am down with the King, King Cobra premium malt liquor in the classic glass bottle. Well, with those details out of the way, fellas, let's go to our final installment of 13 Shades of Brown, our preseason preview of the Cleveland Browns for the 2022 season. And let's start with classic Jason Gerber bad predictions. So I want you guys to tell me, am I in the zone or am I in the twilight zone? First one, Browns will be 4-0 and heading into their week five matchup with the Chargers. They play at Carolina, then they have the Jets and Steelers at home, and then at Atlanta. You are in the twilight zone. I'm hoping we're three and one at the end of that run, and I'm feeling two and two. Three and one is probably more like it. Four and oh, no way. Have, have you, are you new? Have you just started rooting for the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Wait a minute. We don't know what Carolina's going to be. The Jets and the Steelers in Atlanta all might be terrible. All four of those teams are terrible, but they're not going to win all of them. <laughs> Chuck, am I in the zone or am I in the twilight zone? I think you're in the zone. I think they start hot. I think they win all four. The only one that I thought maybe not is the Steelers, but that's on a Thursday night. They've won four Thursday night games in a row. So I think you're in the zone. I'm with you. Wow. All right, Miller, break the tie, buddy. Am I in the zone or am I in the twilight zone? You're Rod Sterling, motherfucker. You're in the (laughs) twilight zone. I'm hoping we win one of those games, I'll be honest. (laughs) You think they're only going to take one? Did anybody else watch the preseason? (laughs) Oh, it's the preseason. It doesn't matter. All right. So my first prediction, I guess I'm in the twilight zone. Next one. First ever from the land best cuts trim slaying scale. It's a scale of one to five. One being 1996 Jason Gerber with a shaved head, glasses, and still wearing jorts. Five being 1996 long-haired heartbreaker Matt Miller. My prediction, Cade York's Cleveland trim slaying this season will be a five. (laughs) Am I in the zone or am I in the twilight zone? You're probably in the zone. 
I think everybody's excited about him and as I am, but just not as excitable as the fan base thinking he's the most important player in Brown's history at this point. He's going to be an upgrade. Yes. So I'm just going to, I'm going to keep this one short because I don't like to talk about kickers as much as everybody else. (laughs) He's in the zone. Guy made a 70 yarder at Brown stadium. I mean, he's going to be laying pipe, man. Well, he's an NFL player, so it's going to happen anyways. He could suck and it won't make a difference, but I think it won't hurt. I f***ing hate kickers, man. Like, I have, I've always hated kickers. Like, it's the, I'm glad we have a kicker that might make all the extra points. Let's leave it at that. Would we like him better if he went barefoot? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Whatever yeah. happened to barefoot, the barefoot kicker? Hell yeah. Yeah. You ever doing that in the backyard? I used to do that. Like, I would pretend to kick barefoot, punt barefoot in the yard in the middle of December. Would you actually be barefoot? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was somebody that was a barefoot kicker back in the. There were a 80s. lot of people. Yeah, there was a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. I remember in like the 80s, there were a bunch. That's like, yeah. That's back when like science didn't know what the hell it was doing. Like, why <laughs> yeah. would you kick barefoot? <laughs> <laughs> Next one Deshaun Watson will have a losing record after he comes back in week 12. The games after he comes back are at Houston, at Cincinnati. Baltimore and New Orleans at home on the road for Washington and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so. He's already owned one against the NFL, so he's starting backwards as it is. You know, I saw the he played one series. The guy hasn't played football in a year and a half. I can't imagine he's going to come out guns a blazing. I think he'll improve and he'll get better, and I'll be, I think we'll be glad we have him next year, but I'd be surprised if uh, he pulls out a winning record. I'm in the zone for this one is what you're, you're saying. You're in the zone, yeah. Excellent. Phil? Still twilight zone for me. I think he comes out. He does not have a losing record. I'm thinking four and two, maybe three and three. Chuck, break the tie, buddy. I'm I'm with Phil. I think you're in twilight zone. I think he's even with the layoff and the transition stuff and not playing for two years. There's some winnable games there, and I hope they're not going to ask him to go out on his own and do it because they sure as shit aren't going to do that for Jacoby Brissett early on. So I think he's probably four and two or three and three. So I guess I'm in the twilight zone for that one too. We'll see. I think it's tough to come back from that kind of layoff. And these are tough games, man. Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, and maybe even Washington might be good. A tall order for that guy to come back after the amount of time he's been off and try to win those games. All right, last one. DraftKings has the over-under on Nick Chubb rushing yards for the season at 1,200.5. That's about 70 a game. I say he comes under. Am I in the zone or in the twilight zone? Twilight zone, that's not a whole lot of yards. And it's I can remember a few games last year where he had over 100 and didn't feel like it. So I think if he stays healthy, he should, he should blow by that number. I'd take the over. I'm going under on that. We've got five running backs, and they're all pretty decent. He'll probably get injured for a couple of games. They tend to underuse him, so he lasts longer through the life of his contract, so I'd be surprised if he gets there. Phil, it's up to you, buddy. Twilight Zone again. I think uh, this is... God damn it. Why are you my co-host? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with being in the Twilight Zone? It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I think this is a Nick Chubb full season, finally. I, I think he makes it without injury, even with some load management so to speak i i think he uh surpasses 1200 yards in the season let's move on from my bad predictions and talk about breakout players tell me who you think will be a breakout player for the offense this season i'm gonna say a breakout player for the offense this season is david Najoku. i don't i guess it qualifies because we he should have really broken out by now, right? <laughs> he really should. Have. I agree. That, he, yeah. that absolutely qualifies. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he, he should have broken out by now, and he hasn't. And I think this is his season. 
I think it's Bell. Uh, even though he's a rookie, that ball's got to be thrown somewhere. And at least he plays with a better game speed than you think. I, I just think last year, Land, who led the team in yardage? Was it like 500 and some yards? So I'm assuming yeah. that's the <laughs> watermark might be 600 yards. Maybe he gets that as a rookie just because that, that receiving core is so weak. He's going to get some opportunity. So I think he's breaking out. Josh Dobbs. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, is this is this based on a lack of confidence in Brissett, or do you think he's getting hurt? Once again, I did watch the preseason. So <laughs> I God. I think he's I think he's closer to the model of what they're trying to build the offense around for Deshaun Watson than Jacoby Brissett is. So I think that they're going against the grain with Brissett and then have to reverse course. And if he has a couple of bad games and all of a sudden Stefanski's seat starts getting pretty warm. And you remember that Dobbs actually did some things and moved the ball every time he had, had it in his possession, that they'll give him a shot. So I, I could see him playing this year. What do you think it's going to take for Dobbs to get on the field? 0-4 or an injury, but both could happen. It's the NFL. That's a pretty bold breakout prediction from Miller. I like it. I was actually going to go with Bell, too. That wide receiver core is wide open right now for who's going to be getting playing time and who's going to be getting targets. From the little I watched of the preseason, because obviously I just don't have the time on my hands that Miller with three kids does. (laughs) Bell looked like he was filling or at least had the ability to fill the Jarvis Landry role to an extent. And they need that. I think they've got their big play guy with Cooper, but they need somebody in that reliable possession, mid-range receiver guy. And maybe Bell can do that. Let's move to the defense. Who's a breakout player on defense this year? What's the rookie cornerback? Emerson Martin something junior? Emerson junior. Yeah, that guy looks like a stud. He's a big guy, can take the ball away. Either him or DeAnthony DeBell. Those would be my two picks. J-O-K. If he stays healthy, super impressive last year as a rookie. I assume he takes a leap here. Hopefully he's healthy uh, through a full season, but that guy seemed special uh, as games went on last year. So I'm, I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, JOK. I think that's a guy that we saw as the last year went on. They found something here in an undersized, super fast, super athletic linebacker that didn't shy away from getting his head into every single tackle i mean he he was just all over the field so i expect that guy to have a huge breakout season and be a pro bowler by the end of it the two guys that i had written down that i was thinking about for this were emerson jr and jok and i ended up going with emerson jr because i think we've seen how fragile defensive backs are all season long these guys they get hurt they get banged up and you need people to step up and that dude looked like a guy in the preseason who was really ready to step up and and take on a role so i i I like emerson jr but i'm not mad at either of you guys for going with jok because i think it's i I think we're going to see big things from him this year uh last one breakout player that's a kicker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man i guess i'm gonna have to say kate york I, I think maybe you know the statue will be built at some point before game <laughs> 10 uh but yeah thank god he's here because who knows what else cleveland would be talking about uh it's nigel from the replacements because of his role in the new house of the dragon <laughs> series <laughs> he's the hand of the king that's a breakout season. Shit, that's him? Are you that's Nigel. Me? That's, no, the guy? that's Nigel from the replacement. Hell oh, yeah. my gosh. Reason oh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, that's a big step up for him. <laughs> um, yeah. Being the kicker to the hand of the king. Not a lot of people make that <laughs> jump. That's huge. <laughs> I'm going with Corey Bohorquez. Who is the punter for the Browns this year? And it's just not getting any attention because Cade York is so demanding that he receive all the attention for the kicking. 
It's because nobody can pronounce his last name, so we're just saying Yorkis. Bjorkis? Bjorkis? No. <laughs> I don't know. I guarantee if we would all say it differently if we all said it at the same time. <laughs> Tori, my guy. There we go. As the punter, CB. My, my breakout kicker for the season. All right, let's move on to our From the Land Andrew Sandejo Memorial Award. Which player do you think will cause you the most frustration during the season? The, the most frustration this season? I, I think Anthony Schwartz. Does he watch all those preseason games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's quite grasped what the job a wide receiver is just yet. <laughs> and why is he not returning kicks or punts? That's a fantastic question. That's a very good question. If because he's got, he can't catch, he can't catch he can't a slam. How's he going <laughs> to? He's got like five minutes to line it up and make no, adjustments. It's a fumble. It's a fumble. It's not a bang down. bang play. It's at least when he drops a pass, it's incomplete. He it's can do his mantra. Punt. It's a fumble. I'm catch. I will catch this. I am good enough to catch this. I'm the flash. goddammit. Yeah. Find your Quan. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> I think I'm going to say Najoku though. Because we've just expected him to take a next step for so long. And I'm not saying he hasn't gotten better. He has. But he's supposed to be this gigantic mismatch in the red zone. He's supposed to be able to block, be outside as a receiver. And maybe our expectations are just too high for him. So that's why I think if anybody disappoints me this year, other than anybody playing quarterback for the Browns, it's probably going to be him. Uh, just to be a little different, I'm going to go with Jacoby Brissett. 11 games, we got this guy. 11 games, and I feel like the group text throughout these games for the first 11 games of the season is going to be all about like, Jesus, can he stop throwing one and a half yard passes, checking down to tight ends, you know, all <laughs> these kind of things. That's that's what we're going to see, I think. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like he's going to be the focus of my disappointment, unfortunately. I'm with Chuck. I went with Njoku, I'm just not a believer, and I hope I'm wrong, but I understand he's this tremendous athlete, and he's this huge matchup problem. He has never been a playmaker for this team, and he should have been by now. And I understand that Cooper was in front of him last year, but I don't know. I, I have a feeling I'm going to talk myself into thinking he's going to have big games, and I'm going to end up being really disappointed a lot when he doesn't. So Njoku is my Andrew Sandejo Memorial Award winner <laughs> for this preseason. And that's just because Sandejo's not on the team anymore. He's not dead. Yeah, that's not what alive. the Memorial as is. As far as yeah. we know, right? As yeah. far as we know. He might still be playing. I don't even yeah. know. It almost sounds like that's not a compliment. <laughs> it's not. He's gone, he's gone too late. <laughs> no, he's gone not soon enough. He's been gone before 2019. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about our coach a little bit. Uh, Stefanski was considered a genius at the end of 2020. Some of the luster had rubbed off at the end of 2021. You could say that people thought he was a bum. He's handsome all the time. There's no disputing that. What is the narrative about Kevin Stefanski at the end of this season? I'm going to base this on the fact that I think somehow, some way, this team goes 6-5 and five in their first eleven. I think if they do go six and five in their first 11, that's all the praise to Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff, because it's got to be game planning at that point. Right. So if they do that, I think the narrative at the end of the season is Kevin Stefanski and his coaches 
took a team with a pretty bad starting quarterback, a good backup quarterback, and had a winning record. I don't know what's going to happen when Watson comes back. I'm not saying we're going to the playoffs. I'm not saying we're winning the division. But if in the first 11 games they go 6-5, and five, that's on coaching. And that's a that's a positive thing in my mind if they do that. My hope is unless we – well, not us. Unless the Texans are picking in the top five using our draft pick that they keep them no matter what. I think it would be nice to have some continuity around here for a while. I don't know who we're going to find that is better because we've tried it and he's the best of the folks we found. So let's just ride this for a while. But I think they'll be trying patience. And I think asking Haslam to have that is a little bit tough, a little bit much to ask for. But that would be my hope is that there's there's some bandwidth here, given that they're looking at this as a three, four year project. I actually don't think even if they're bad this year that he's on the hot seat. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I, I just want to know, like, what are people going to be saying about him or how they're going to be characterizing him when this season is done? I think the narrative is going to be he's not that great of a coach. He has already second guessed that they should take away his play calling after the end of what last season or the season before. I'm with Miller that I think the stability would be nice, but this franchise is built on instability. <laughs> and I don't I don't know who's a better option than him at the end of the season. Cause I don't know what this season's going to look like, but I think that shine and luster has worn off him, uh, especially after year two um, for sure after year two. So hopefully it's just like he, he did a nice job with the resources he had, but he has really great resources other than who's under center for the first 11 games. So I, I think it'll be almost a little, not, not as polarizing as Baker Mayfield after the end of last season, but I think you're going to have people who believe in him and people who don't. I have a feeling people are going to say that this was just a tough season to judge him a little bit the way last year was because it's hard to judge Stefanski's offense when Baker's playing hurt the whole year. And you look back at the year before that and to how well Baker played and you say, all right, is, is that real or is what we saw last year real? And I think you're going to end up with the same kind of thing this year where you say, well, he had Jacoby Brissett, who's a really good backup, but not a starting quarterback for the first 11 games. And then he had Deshaun Watson, who's a stud, but, you know, hasn't played football in two years and he's coming in halfway through the season to pick up and see what he can do. And so it's hard to judge him. And I, and I think based on that, Stefanski has probably bought himself another like two years, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Let's see in what another happens. organization, I would say yes. Well, that's yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a Miller. fair point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I guess my my caveat then would be logically he's bought himself another two years with the way the Watson deal went down and everything like that, and how the season now is set up to go. You're going to give him a full season with Watkins as his quarterback, right? I mean, you just have to. Yeah. Yeah. So unless, you know, you're the Cleveland Browns and you're run by Jimmy Haslam and um, he decides that doesn't make any sense anymore. We'll see how it goes for the head ball coach there. So we've already touched upon concerns with the offense. Do you think the defense is good enough to carry this team to a winning record this season? It has to be. I don't think there's many holes. Well, no, we... it doesn't. They could just yeah. have a losing record. <laughs> I mean, it has to be good enough to carry this team. The only thing that kind of concerns me is, is what we already talked about, interior D-line. Uh, but you might be able to hide that because the defensive ends are great and the linebacking core strong and the secondary is the, the strongest point of this defense. So um, a team that we think is built kind of offensively because they have a lot of weapons, it's got to be the defense. I think that carries this team. If they have any shot of having a winning record this year, and I may have overstated what I thought they would be because I'm picking with my heart instead of my brain here. Uh, the defense has to lead this team. And I don't know if it's shit. 
if it carries over what it did last year, where you saw marked improvement through the season, if they come out of the gate like that and they can be dominant, why can't they be the showcase for this team and not the offense? So they have to. That's why I said they have, they have no choice. Yeah, I, I'm, I got... I have concerns, but I think they'll be better than the offense, but not significantly better. I think they'll be better at the end of the season than they'll be at the beginning of the season. I just don't know they'll be enough to get a winning record. I think they're probably going to be somewhere middle of the pack would be my guess. So yeah, I I, I just haven't seen any evidence that they're going to be able to stop everybody that we need to stop. It's a really tough schedule with a lot of good teams. You know, Pittsburgh's not probably a down year, but maybe, maybe not. I mean, this Kenny Pickett guy might actually be really, really good. Knowing our luck, he probably is great. Yeah, <laughs> of course he is. I don't know. I, I I just don't have a lot of confidence going into the season. We're going to walk out with a winning record, and I don't see any aspect of the team, uh, with the exception of potentially the kicking game being um, something that we're going to be able to say is you know was a fantastic part of the season. I have a lot more confidence for the following year, but for this one, I'm I, there's too much going against. Phil, bring the mood back up, buddy. What do you say? I got you. I'll do it. I think this defense is built to win games, actually, which is rare in this day and age in the NFL, right? Like the defenses that give up three or four scores are pretty good in the NFL. I don't know if they'll reach the potential, but they're built to win games. And what I mean by that is turnovers. You've got pass rushers and you've got defensive backs. And those two things combined get you turnovers. So if you get more possessions, even for a a game managing offense, so to speak, you're going to win some games. I really think a good test for this defense and its dominance and what happens the rest of the season is these first four games. These first four games are against teams that are not, on paper anyway, not winning football teams. Pin your ears back and go after these teams. Make the defense dictate the pace of these games. Where We kept saying that last year, too, where the Browns as a whole, and even on their defense with their improvements, they wouldn't dictate the pace of the game. They'd kind of sit back and all right, what does the offense want to do? And we'll defend against it. I want to see something different this year. And I think they've got the playmakers to do it. We'll see. It's the first four games. I'm telling you, three and one. That's what we need. And it's on the defense. In today's NFL, can you win games with a run-heavy offense and a really good defense? Because when I first became aware of football in the early to mid-80s, you could absolutely win a ton of games with that formula. Do you think that's possible in today's NFL? I think it's possible, but I'm, I actually don't think that's what they're setting up to do, right? They don't have a fullback. They have two tight ends. Uh, they were normally playing three tight ends last year, right? So I think they are gearing up to be a pass-heavy offense, but it's going to be short passes. So the running backs are actually going to be you know, short passes to Felton, short passes to, to Hunt, hand off to Chubb. I think it's going to be a little bit of a dink and dunk for, for half of the season. So I, 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 which reminds me more of like the 49ers, Montana error sort of thing. Um, so I think that's probably what they're going for for this season. Well, I don't know whether that can win, right? Because that's sort of the middle ground of just ball control, clock management like we did the first year versus the air raid stuff that everybody else is doing. I don't know if that works either, but that, that would be my assumption of what they're actually trying to do. And I, I think that's a, a good way of looking at it because in the end, either way, you're getting a ball control offense and a good defense. Whether it's passing or running, that's what your offense is. It's controlling the clock and letting your defense do the work the way teams did in the 80s with the running game. Either way, ball control passing, ball control running, can we win in the NFL 
like that today? I want to say no, because we haven't seen that recently, but maybe I'm going to take a page from our sip of wine over the Cavs season last year. And all of a sudden you saw this switch, right? You saw the switch to where, Hey, we're going to go seven guys deep and we're going to play basketball opposite of the rest of the league. And we're going to win. We're going to win a lot of games that way. We're going to play badass defense all right, season right. long. Yeah. I feel like perhaps this can win in the regular season against the middle ground and certainly the losing teams, which certainly there's a fair amount of those on our schedule. So that might be enough to get us to 500. Do I think this could win beyond that? Like in playoffs and postseason? No, you've got to be able to score in 30 seconds. You, you've got to be able to. That's what you're facing in the playoff situation. I think they can get some wins in the, in the regular season this way, though. So you say they became cognizant of it in the 80s. So you're talking about the Bears, right? I'm assuming like that 86 Bear defense and the Browns aren't that. So if we go a little bit farther, you're talking about the Ra- like right. The so you're talking about the Ravens who They're won with that. the defense first and Trevor Dilfer as the quarterback. They're probably not there either. And then after that, maybe it's the Seahawks who had that defense that was pretty dominant, but still had weapons on offense, kind of like the Browns have this year. Uh, maybe not at the quarterback position for the full year, even if Watson is is okay when he comes back. Can they win? Yeah, what Phil said. There's teams they should beat up on and dominate. And if you can slow down the game by either throwing short passes or running the ball an awful lot and, and, and make sure your defense isn't on the field all game like we're used to seeing since 1999, yeah, I, I think they can pile up a bunch of wins against teams they're supposed to. But once you get to the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, I don't think so, but again... I don't think that Browns team should have beat the Steelers and they were up to 21 on them in like four minutes. So like shit happens. (laughs) Anything could happen, but uh, do they have a dominant defense? Like the three teams I listed? No, but can they possibly, I guess it just, everything kind of has to go right. I think they'll be okay with that blueprint that they're not really going to be chucking the ball 40 yards in the air multiple times a game. But I don't think they have to to control the football. Interesting to see if they try to do this the way either by running it with an incredibly deep backfield or the way Miller is saying is that we're going to spread the ball around in a traditional West Coast offense to a bunch of different receivers and running backs short. And we're going to control the clock that way and then we're going to let our defense make plays and make turnovers and sack the quarterback and then we'll let our kickers take over the game because they're both sick we'll see maybe that's a winning recipe or maybe it's enough that this season won't be a complete shit show i guess i lean on the side of like not having the confidence in our defense or any defense in the nfl to carry a team anymore it almost seems like a really good defense is one that just keeps you in a game so the offense can score enough points to win now. Let's move on to our division, the AFC North. So the Browns will have two games against the Bengals, two games against the Ravens, and two games against the Steelers. How are they faring in those head-to-head matchups? I picked them to go three and three. I hate to say it. I I feel like we're going to split against every one of those teams, and I feel like that lines you up to maybe looking at the wild card position or outside looking in, I guess. We're going to get to the playoffs. Don't jump the gun on me. Don't jump the gun on me, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But three and three is my answer. 
All right, Miller, against our division rivals, how the Browns doing? Yeah, I, I think they split with the Ravens. I, they split with Pittsburgh, and I think we can sweep Cincinnati again. And we swept them last year, and, and that was they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, f*** those guys. Which, when, you, <laughs> when you think about it, though, really, like over the past decade, if that was our record in the division, how ecstatic we would have been. Mm. Yeah. We barely, we ne- almost never swept the Bengals in a regular season, right, And when they were horrible. I think there's an aspect of luck that'll factor into this too. Like the year we went to the playoffs, we won some of those games by one score. This past year, we didn't go to the playoffs and we lost a bunch of games by one score. It's a coin toss in almost every game in the NFL of who gets the ball first and who gets it last. I don't care if you're playing Jacksonville or you're playing the Buccaneers and, and you know Brady's playing it's it's that one score difference and so you, you hope that the luck swings back in enough of those that uh, it gives them a chance to really compete in the division this year I have them at even Steven uh, they're splitting everyone and that's best case scenario Miller's right like Joe Burrow can't beat the Browns he hasn't beaten the Browns so I'm just gonna keep riding that train you know I, I think this division set up kind of like a, a few other divisions in the NFL where these teams are just gonna beat up each other if you walk out of there, even Steven, you should be happy with it. So I think they're going three and three. You guys have a little bit more confidence than I do, man. I I think they're losing both of them to the Bengals. They're going to be lucky if they split with the Ravens. And they should beat the Steelers twice. I, I guess I'm pretty close to three and three, but but I lean a little bit a little bit more to two and four in those games in the division. So what is your prediction for who wins? the AFC North Baltimore. I think it's, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I think if they stay healthy, cause they were beat the fuck up last year and, and still did just fine. And I don't think Lamar Jackson is just going to throw it up to Mark Andrews like he did last year. So uh, I think he plays with a giant chip on his shoulder because he's feeling unwanted there. That's a team that's always built to win. And I think they're going to be really good this year. He has a chip on his shoulder and he wants $230 million guaranteed. Yeah. So he has That's a right. lot of motivation right. to be playing well. He's his own agent, so he gets every last dollar of that. Right. <laughs> well, minus the 50% he gives the government. But yeah. <laughs> Miller, who's winning the AFC North? Yeah, I, I'm probably going with Chuck. I mean, I think if I had to rank them, if I had to bet, like I was putting my actual money on it, I'd probably do Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. But I would not be surprised if it went in the exact opposite reverse order. <laughs> I guess I'd be surprised if it went the exact opposite. It's still going to be a tough division, I think, for sure. The Ravens and Steelers are such good organizations that you can count on them being tough even when they're not playing well. They're not an easy out. We lost to both of them last year. You know, I have no idea what our quarterback situation is. The Bengals are organiza- organizationally a bit of a shit show. Not as bad as we've been, but kind of. Close. Yeah. Really so, yeah. you know, they have the talent, but who's saying they we've had talent before, too. So I think that's the factor that that weighs into this is you can always count on the Ravens and Pittsburgh to be competitive. It's w- which Browns and which Bengals teams are showing up this year. I'm going to I'm going to keep the streak going. I think Baltimore wins the division and, and Miller brings up a good point. I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh, what they have are the best coaches. They have the best coaches in the division. And I don't know how many wins a coach matters for in a football season. It's not like baseball where, you know, there's a ton of games and the coaching decisions make a, make a difference as you go. But they have the best coaching staff. I have Pittsburgh finishing last in our division, but Miller has has persuaded me to move them up potentially. So, But regardless, I think Baltimore wins a division. And I think it's a really close division. I think it's a lot like last year where it comes down to the last couple of weeks and 
10 wins might win this division 11 for sure. Uh, and in a 17 game season, we didn't think we'd be talking about 10 or 11 games as the winner of the division. We just need Brissett to go undefeated. We got this baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. If that happens, it's our division for sure. Yeah. All the way around. If we could just go undefeated, yeah. I think yeah. we would lock 17 up. The division no, I think sure. we win the division. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. If he does that, do you put Watson in? No, <laughs> not till next year. I'm going to go a different direction. I think the Bengals are winning the division again. I think their defense got better in the offseason. They improved their offensive line in the offseason, and they probably have the best offensive combination in the division. Burrow, Mixon, uh, and Jamar Chase are the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver group in the division, right? You got to find an answer to all of those guys. That's why I think the Browns are going to struggle to beat them at all this year. And I don't know, I've, I've talked in episodes in the past about maybe there's a letdown there, or, or maybe it was just kind of like what Miller was saying earlier, that like everything just lined up for him correctly last season, and that's not going to happen again this year. But I don't know. That, that Bengals team looks awfully tough to me. Uh, Burrow is the real deal. I think they're winning the division. The Ravens probably second, Browns third. Hopefully Steelers last. Gosh, it, it better go that way. It better be that way. Like on this show last year, did any of us pick the Bengals to even win a game? Uh, well, I, I mean, I maybe like it was they were they were by far the consensus. This last, is going to be the absolutely. last place yeah. team. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I would say that last year what we were talking about was they're going to be better, but they're not ready yet. I really think we all thought the Ravens were in huge trouble because they had so many injuries. But yeah, you're right. We absolutely didn't see the Bengals coming last year. Nobody did. Maybe we're wrong this year. Maybe we were wrong last year. We're definitely wrong last year. I don't know. I think they're winning this division. I think they have the pieces they need to do it, but it's going to be close, I think, between them and the Ravens. So let's get down to brass tacks here. How many wins and will the Browns make the playoffs? So in the sheet I filled out earlier, I think I put eight wins not making the playoffs. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I just sort of went with my gut. Now, the harder thing I had doing when I was going evaluating each game is in my mind, I was imagining Baker Mayfield, the quarterback in all of those games. Like I, I Do you know that he's not on the team? I'm well, well, well aware of that. And it'll be a very interesting first game if he was. That's, that's the frame of reference, right? Thinking about, well, how are they going to perform? Knowing that the preseason, which I said I've watched, uh, is you know just a dress rehearsal for uh, the USFL. You know I, I don't know, have anything to base it on other than the past two years. So I'm using that as a frame of reference, which is a mistake because it's going to be a completely different offense. Um, so I, I I don't know what to we could go we could win eight or we could win twelve. I'm going to I'm saying eight because if I have low expectations, they'll exceed them. I hope, and that's what I'm going with. Chuck, how many wins and will they make the playoffs? In the sheet I filled out, I have them at ten. 10 wins. And I think I'm being generous, but I think there's a game or two there. They win that nobody thinks they should win. And maybe that's after those first four, but in, in reality, I think Miller's, I think this is an eight win team. I think it's they're They're an eight and nine team, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to be more positive right now. So I'm, I'm going to go 10 and seven, which um, might get them in. That might be a wild card team. 10 wins gets them in and 10 wins would have got them in last year. Right? Yeah. 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 It would yep. have won the division. Yeah. It yep. would have won the division. Yeah. Ten wins. Yep. Phil? Well, I took a first swipe at the at the season in the old uh, 
win loss category and I went nine and eight and I didn't like it. So I went back, <laughs> I went back and I looked at it and I thought about it. I have them losing to open the season. Cause that's what we do. It's kind of our thing, but, but <laughs> rattling off a couple wins in a row, the win I changed was Tampa Bay. Cause I feel like something's up with Tom Brady, man. He looks like uncle baby, Bob, Billy. I, I don't, I, he, something's wrong there. Like he's, he just, have you ever related more to him though, during that no, last press conference? Yeah, right. I, no, like, I'm 45, yeah, man. Yeah, I got a lot of shit going yeah, on. Yeah. You're like, like, I know that guy. Yeah. 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 Right. I got him on my lawn. I got like this. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't, I don't blame you know, that dude. He my wife is re- on my ass. He should have retired yeah. three or four years ago. And he's a shoe in for the hall of fame. So I changed that game against Tampa Bay because of where it fell in the season. After Thanksgiving, I feel like Tom Brady's going to be focused on family. He's, he's going to be really, <laughs> really f***ing hungover for that game. And we're going to win. We're going to win. So I got the Browns at 10. I got the Browns at 10 and 7. And I think 10 and 7, while I don't predict it'll win the division, I think that gets us in as a wild card. This will be a first for our show because in every Cleveland sports season preview segment or episode we've done i have predicted that the cleveland team will go to the playoffs i I can't do it here (laughs) i just can't there's too many question marks i'm with miller i went eight and nine yeah i know yeah good good for the browns that i picked them not to do well yeah probably winning 15 games this year but (laughs) (laughs) i have them at eight and nine i just think there's too many question marks about Brissett being able to win tough games and too many question marks about Watson being able to come in after the the time off that he's had and win a bunch of games at the end of the year. I think this is a tough schedule. Uh, There's a lot of good teams that they're playing and even the teams that suck like Miami might be good. I think it's an eight win team, but I'm hoping that we see enough good in the last five games of the year that we head into next season feeling good about what they can do with a full season of of Watson at quarterback. That's where I'm at. I'm at no playoffs. Miller's at no playoffs. Chuck and Danko predicting the playoffs. So we will revisit this maybe halfway through the year and see who was right and see who was wrong. Let's close out our Browns portion of the show, 13 Shades of Brown, and let's go to NFL Quick Feet. I don't want a bunch of blabbing. I want you to chop your feet, give quick takes, we got a lot to cover. Okay. okay. Who is winning the AFC West? Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers. Raiders. Chiefs. Chargers. Ooh. I'm on the Chargers as well. Good one. Worst off-season NFL apology. Deshaun Watson or John Gruden? <laughs> oh, jeez. <sighs> wow. Worst quickly, apology? Phil. Quickly, quickly. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Gruden, Sandusky's own. Yeah, man. Gruden, only because, number one, that hair looked terrible. <laughs> and two, he was he was applauded for how terrible that apology was. I didn't really hear him say, I'm sorry. I heard I'm a good guy. I have three sons. So I'm going with Gruden, only because he talked more than Watson. All right. Who's going to have a better season, Justin Fields or Trev Lawrence? Mm, uh, Fields. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Boy, I think it's going to be Justin Fields. I think they got something going on. I just think he's better than Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going with Justin Fields. Which Harbaugh do you like the best, Jim or John? Neither. Got to pick one. Mm. Uh, Why? It's Jim because Ohio State beats Michigan. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good reason. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good Jeff. reason. All right. Well, Miller answered. I guess Chuck answered. Denko. Yeah, I, I like that rationale. I'll, I'll go with that because Ohio State beats Michigan. So uh, my favorite's Jim, right? Uh, I'll go with Jim as well. Which conference do you think will be better, the AFC or the NFC? Better record-wise or better competition-wise? Better football, like the eyeball test, AFC. Yeah. AFC, all the really good quarterbacks are there. Yeah, I agree with that. AFC. Me too. All right. Who is representing the NFC in the Super Bowl? God, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Good. Pick a team. For Any team. Yeah, yeah, pick a team. Yeah, you got to answer. <laughs> Every team I think of, I don't think is going to have a winning record as it's coming into my head. <laughs> Tampa Bay. There you go. <laughs> if Brady's still standing, Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rams. Rams. I'm going 49ers. Ooh, Trey Lan- Tra- Lance. Is that his last name? Yeah. 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 But it'll be Jimmy yep. G. Or, yeah, right. Or Jimmy, Jimmy G. Or Jimmy till, G. Until he gets hurt. <laughs> they got two shots. They got two shots. All right, so the New England Patriots will not have an offensive coordinator this year. Bill Belichick, evil genius, or two-stepping his way down senility road? Can it be both? <laughs> like I feel like I feel like you just described Bill Belichick there uh, to a T. So I'm going to lean towards evil genius, but nah, he's he's getting to become senile. I think. Man, he was a defensive coordinator, so as I hope he's calling plays. Uh, I'm saying evil genius. Uh, you know, um, the inflation's a bitch for everybody, man. You got to save money where you can. <laughs> so what does that mean? Evil genius? <laughs> I'm not sure there's a difference. <laughs> the older you get, the, the difference between evil genius and senile fuckers is about the same. It just depends on whether the luck turns out. I'm going with the two-step. You, you should have an offensive coordinator. It's a hard to be an NFL coach. Uh, he shouldn't try to do both jobs. All right, who's representing... The AFC in the Super Bowl. Damn it. Um, the Buffalo Bills. You're Cleveland Browns! <laughs> <laughs> you said they're going to win eight games. <laughs> How are they getting in? <laughs> it's the second half of the high life, man. It changes your perspective. The, the feet part is actually the best part. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, Chuck. Uh, I'm with Phil. I think it's the Bills. I'm going with the Bills as well. If you had to choose over four and a half wins for the season, are you taking the Falcons or the Texans? Uh, The Texans. I think that's attainable for them because Mills was all right. He actually, as the season went on, he looked like he was a pretty decent quarterback. So, uh, I will go with them because Mariota, with all his two passes last season, I'm not sure he's going to carry that team to four wins. I'll go with the Falcons because I don't think Mariota is long for that starting job. And uh, I, I forget the rookie's name, but he's going to come in and play and win five games. Kid from Cincinnati, right? Doesn't yeah. Ritter? Yeah. Ritter, Ritter. That's who it is. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, I'm going Atlanta as well. I think uh, I, this year. If you ask me the question about next year or the next couple of years, because they're going to have five first round picks every year, I think that changes. But I think this year it's Atlanta. I'm not trying to get to next year or five years. It's from now the future. In this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Texans as well. I just think they're a little bit more established than where the Falcons are right now. All right. Last one. If you could punch one of them in the face and get away with it, would you choose Sean McVay or Cliff Kingsbury? 
Cliff's Kingsbury. That guy's a c- God, this is hard. I got two hands, one for each of them, right? Like, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I want to hit them both in the face. I think the toughest part of this question is figuring out which one's which. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I, they're both just punchable, right? They're punchable. They're both punchable, but I'll lean towards Kingsbury because I think he's a c- the, the, He led the draft from his like $10 million ranch house on some lake, some bullshit. I'm going to punch that guy. Good luck on your lake in Phoenix. <laughs> I don't believe in punching down. You punch up, so I go after McVeigh. <laughs> I'm going with McVeigh because he seems like a shorter dude, and I think I could reach him. Where I'm not sure I could be able to. Like I might end up punching Kingsbury in like the shoulder or something. Did McVeigh go to your school, by the way? Aren't you? A, do you see him at alumni events? See, was he a Miami of Ohio? He guy? was a quarterback at Miami of Ohio. I think so. I think so. Not while yeah. we were there. <laughs> not while you were there, but yeah. I don't hang out with him at alumni events. All right. <laughs> That's it for the NFL. Let's take one quick stop in the worst fantasy league ever. Two. We are back for another season in the most dad fantasy league that exists. We auto draft. We have nothing else to do with how our lineups get set. Uh, we barely pay attention. Auto draft is Monday. Who are you hoping the computer picks for you in the first round? In the first round, not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Terrible pick. <laughs> Either the running back from the Colts or Kate York. Is that James Stewart? Is that who? Edmund James. <laughs> yes, Edmund James. <laughs> that grills gold. So I believe it's like Jonathan Taylor. Is that his? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan that's Taylor. what it is. I knew it was somebody yeah, with two yeah. first names. I hope my team picks either Jonathan Taylor or, um, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey. I hope I pick Jamar Chase so I can cut him right before <laughs> week one's games start because f- that guy. <laughs> All right, fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that sportshandle.com recently compiled statistics and determined that Bengals fans led the NFL in game day drinking. Ravens fans were second. Browns fans were eighth. The lowly Steelers fans were 24th in the NFL in game day drinking. With that news that the Browns may not be Super Bowl champs, but this is a title within reach. I hope you guys have a great welcome back NFL week, and let's get together and do this again after the Cleveland Browns win the opener. Hey. Absolutely. Cade York's CLE trim slaying this season will be a five. Chuck? What? 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 Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> you say Sealy? Like a mattress? What CLE. It? Cleveland. Oh, oh, Kate, oh. Kate right, 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 right. Cleveland trim slaying this season will be a five. <laughs> am I in the zone or am I in the twilight zone? DraftKings has the over under on Nick Chubb rushing. Ru- <clears throat> Man, this does not take long to take effect. From <laughs> <laughs> the weed. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Let's close out our Browns portion of the show. Move on to the NFL. We're going to move on from the from. God damn it! 
The Browns are in the cobra. NFL still, right? King yeah. Cobra. <laughs> the Cobra strikes. Cobra. <laughs> Suck the poison the cobras, out. <laughs> the Cobra's got me. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Some NFL talking. We'll do NFL quick. quick. <clears throat> ah. Where are you guys at in your 40s? I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm so pretty close. close I've gotten right. to yeah. the point I'm... where mine has changed flavor. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever had someone accidentally stick their foot in your mouth, I'm getting a lot of that. Oh, <laughs> toe what? jam PK. Um, if we had a break on pretty... this, I would go get another beer. But there's no breaks. Oh, we can take fill. one. No, right no, no. Now. So, I, it's we, it's we, midweek. I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Do they even make albums anymore? Is that sort? Is that still? They do. They do. We've reviewed do, a yeah. lot of them on this show, actually, <laughs> yeah. in 2022, yeah. and there's some pretty good ones out there. I listen on occasion. Have you guys uh, listened to the new Zach Bryan stuff at all? No, I don't think I will so. Take your dead silence as a no. no. Check it out. <laughs> Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan. B R Y A N. All right. Sort of like alt country. Can all I right. recommend an album from 1991? Yes, because I can remember one. I'm in. <laughs> um... Is it is it Nirvana? <laughs> <laughs> Want you guys to check out these guys, Pearl Jam. No, is this movie um... the Batman with this new hot band? <laughs> I'm I'm reading Steve Van Zandt's autobiography, mm. and he talks about um, producing and recording uh, an album called Better Days in 1991 for Southside Johnny and the Asbury yep. Jukes. Wow. And it I have, I have up, one of their songs on my liked playlist actually. And it, it, that, that album came out like six months before Springsteen released his like double album, like solo set the, yeah. um, uh, what's it called? Um, human touch, and uh there's another one too but um but Robot one of the, rubs. the first song that the first song he released off of that was better days and so van zant was like so nobody heard ours because springsteen immediately like bruce immediately took everything over when he released the song better days that album by southside johnny is fantastic and yeah. is evidence that <laughs> um rock and roll music needs more horns all the fucking time they had I, I a little would... bit of a run too, didn't they? Southside John. I remember them coming through town and stuff. Like yeah, they were always, yeah. you know, playing a smaller club, but yep. good draw. Yep. Well, I mean, that was where Van, when Van Zant left the E Street band, that was where he kind of settled in. It was like lead guitar for Southside Johnny. Um, and Van Zant's book is good, not great. Um, Better ending than the Sopranos. But is that but is entertaining? But oh don't don't knock the no. Sopranos ending in this crowd, but blasphemy. Don't do it. Yeah, don't right. do we've it. Already, don't we've do already it. given it the stamp You're of approval. I, I appreciate it as well. I was just going with the cultural trend. Anyway, check out 1991 Better Days, the I album Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. All right, we'll do that, man. Zach hey, Bryan, did... something in the orange. Something in the orange. All right. We're going to miss a week of uh, House of the Dragon. Have you guys watched this week's episode at all? No, Abby yeah. did. But yes. I watched it on Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Really good, man. Yeah. Really Slow good. down a little. 
it but did it gave like, you something it, it gave you something big this feels like game of thrones season yeah. one right like yeah. it does didn't they find a way to speed up and slow down at the same time right because yeah, what, right. what happens is a year after what we saw in the first episode but right. you don't feel you don't feel that kick in time really really good so it's I like real the, life. Um, <laughs> that's right. I, I'm really, I'm really interested to see the jump to the next vert. Like they're going to jump ten years at some point because the next, yeah. the yeah. next actress is already there as, as yeah. what's her name. I, I'm, I'm interested now because I feel like you're right. Like they slowed it down so much. I'm like, how are they going to make that jump? Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's going to be well, weird. They have to, or they can't show her nude. So you got to wait till. Well, the actress yeah. who plays the current one is 22. They could show her. Oh, they could. So yeah, I, I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I apologize. It could be just like uh, Daenerys in the first run. I was wildly uncomfortable when the oh, king was walking with the 12 like, year the 12 old. Year old. Oh, yeah. Man, oh was no. That weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's just, just carrying on like it's cool. Like yeah. she's like, oh, God. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I the pot calling the kettle black there, Chuck. <laughs> True. Valid point, and we're all jealous. She's thirty-one. We're good. She is now. She is now. But when you started dating, she started dating. She was twelve. As far as we know, she also false. Everyone that's thirty-one was twelve at some point. (laughs) A lot later than us, and we weren't. (laughs) HBO has has got me because these two episodes were so good that it sent me back to start rewatching game of thrones i've watched the like the first thing i've watched the, the first two thing. episodes of oh. of game I'm of a thrones sucker. i'm a sucker i did the exact same thing yeah and i already like i've already forgotten how much i hated joffrey yeah and it's just all laid out there in the first two episodes like god this guy sucks uh <laughs> Anyway, so now we've got. I don't. I think it's Jeffrey. I'm not sure you're pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> I haven't watched the show, but I think no. they get angry when you call him you're, Jeffrey. You're thinking of the guy from The Fresh Prince. I was totally thinking of the, situation. the zebra <laughs> from <laughs> Toys R Us. He was a giraffe. <laughs> zebra, giraffe. That makes more sense. It makes I get way it now. more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense now. I was like, that's oh, the worst fucking zebra I've ever seen. Oh boy, it's a tall boy. Sports handle logging on in about two minutes. I don't know, man. They figured out who drinks the most on game day. That's pretty good. Does that mean like in it, like tailgates or how do they they quantify uh, that? Yeah, I didn't get into those kind of details. It was just kind of a funny stat. And I like the fact that the the AFC North. Yeah, well, three fan right? bases in the top ten, right? That's yeah. pretty good. So Did they the show their work, or is it just like a? Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. think this is a ballpark. Well, yeah. it's got to be. A, it's got to be a combination. Round it up a little bit, but you know. <laughs> it's a combination of shitty football and cold weather, right? Like you're gonna drink more with both of those things going on. Well, why is Pittsburgh twenty fourth? Because they're not shitty. <laughs> they can be sober during they games win, and still have fun. Win a lot the Ravens of are games. shitty. The Ravens haven't been shitty. <laughs> 
and a no, but they have to live in Baltimore, so it, it evens out. Yeah, Baltimore, you just drink just to live there. Like I, we've been, we've all been there. We've it's all awful. been to Baltimore. <laughs> you don't feel the bullet hole as well. If you're yeah, yeah. We've been there. <laughs> the alcohol actually helps clot the blood, so oh, it's a man. medical no, necessity. Alcohol does the opposite. Yeah. Alcohol does, does, it does the, the opposite. opposite. It's, the Anti- it's an antiseptic from the outside I can in. Concur. <laughs> I can concur, but uh, yeah, that Cincinnati. Oh, nice work. This is how professionals do it. We just finished the show, and I just oh. finished my 40. Same. Well done. I, oh, I well, may, Miller. <laughs> We're in, have... We ain't leaving till Miller's done. <laughs> I've got one more set. These <laughs> taste better every time we do this. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you? <laughs>